Hello, you wise souls who are here to hang out today. Welcome. I'm so, so glad that you're here. Ah, It has been such a tremendous time of transition. And I have to give an honoring to all the aha moments, the breakthroughs, the new seeds being planted, the beautiful visions that we are holding for ourselves and our worlds going into the future. Um, I think that this is being so embodied right now. And so I wanted to just give an honoring to that process and wherever you may find yourself on it. Um, I am super excited about the show today because I have a very honored guest with me. Her name is Kylie Macbeth. She is a tremendous powerhouse of radiance and joy and wisdom. She's an extremely wise woman and I'm so glad that she's here sharing her voice and her journey and her insights because she's really a very, very abundant person to experience. Um, I learned about Kylie very synchronously and have followed her work pretty closely um, over the last year or so and um, I'm just really thrilled every time I she strikes resonance with me really and so it's just so beautiful to have had the opportunity to exchange with her Um, and I think that you will find uh, that what she's speaking about is very much an energetic reality Um, and she's living the way that so many of us are turning towards living now and myself included and so I think her her joy and her knowing is palpable. I think that this will be a very uplifting episode for those of you who are tuning in, and that's amazing. I want to offer this for you as something that is affirming and high vibe and restorative to those parts of you that want to elevate and ignite and... Um, have the strength to carry forward into something new so yes yes and yes full body yes that is this episode that is this conversation and oh yes just oh such a pleasure (laughs) it's like I'm almost lost for words because it was so fun I mean we spent so much of our time just laughing and seeing the non-seriousness within the seriousness, right? And we did this beautiful weaving of polarities and um, things that seem very opposite and yet they undulate within one another and we did really truly weave beauty and rebirth into being because these are such important foundational facets to the structure of our human existence and being a soul and a body with a purpose to fulfill. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that that's going to come through very clearly for you. I think you're going to have a really joyous time experiencing this um, collaboration. Um, I think you're going to meet somebody today that you're going to want to know more about. And so blessed be, let that in if it resonates and I hope that you come away feeling really affirmed and curious and 
with something to take into your week whenever you're finding this and as Kylie also says in this show like you're exactly where you're supposed to be on your journey and there is no pressure to be anywhere else and where whatever that looks like wherever you are you know you're right you're right where you belong and if you're here with us you're also so very welcome and always have a place of belonging so welcome 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 to our beautiful guest i think with that said let's jam Hey Kylie, how are you? I am I am happy as they come. Amazing. Grateful to be here with you. Oh, so grateful to have you. This is so amazing that I'm meeting you, albeit just via voice, but I can feel your energy and it's oh my god, I love it. <laughs> oh, thanks, love. So You're so lovely. sweet. I've been receiving receiving your emails and I'm like oh this these are I mean Chris these are my people like yeah. 100% so. like when I um when I first like found out who you were I just like immediately I think it's just one of those things you know you just you don't even have to see a person and you can just hear them or experiencing that experience them in some way and it's like I have to I have to know more about them like I have to connect with this mm-hmm being in some way right so that's how it was for me yeah. <laughs> well I so. appreciate that I'm, I love when that happens yeah it's like there's something here I have no clue who they are but there's something here for me I've done that so many times with my mentors I'm like I have known nothing about you but there's something about what you're holding that that is a key for me hello Christy can you hear me? Oh boy. Hello? Okay, so that glitched. Um, I heard you say that you've had that happen with your mentor and that mentors and then it dropped off. Huh. I wonder why. I have full Wi-Fi, but you never know. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just saying that that I've a few of my mentors I've I've found in that way where it's like I don't know nothing about them, but they're holding something. Yeah, something unseen that that is a key, that is a doorway, that that is an invitation to a deeper remembering. Yeah, absolutely. That's so. Um, it's like the most valuable thing you can come across when you're kind of just especially when you're just stumbling along like what am I doing what am I looking for (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean stumbling (laughs) I have it all together Christy I know girl I really (laughs) I'm totally kidding I um I'm such a uh, such a now so more a healthy relationship with with not knowing Mm. you know for so long it was like I need to know you know, as a source of control, but now I'm like, the more okay I am with the unknown, oh, the more joyful life becomes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. And I think like, I think what's something super interesting about 
you and about how um, I relate to you is that our stories lined up very similarly last year around this Mm. time. Your relationship had just ended um, and you were kind of, you were sharing a lot about that at the time. And I had this knowing at the time that 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 was also coming for me as well. And it was like something that I just Mm. didn't want to look at. And I didn't want to go there, right? And I I just Mm -hmm. had no concept of accepting that that was going to be my reality. And yet your words were just resonating so deeply that Mm. it was like, this is 100% going to be my reality. And Mm. then when it did come to that, just a few weeks later, I was so glad and grateful on many different layers Mm. of conscious levels that I had had that knowing that was like triggered by your sharing of your story because it was like, I feel mm-hmm. so much more held up now knowing that other people are going through this humongous cracking open state of love loss. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. That really means a lot to hear because I never know how that's going to land. You know, when you sh- share something, you're like, just have to share, but to hear how it, how it seeded the, hmm, the possibility or the, not even possible. I don't even know. It's just seeded that it's okay. You know? Yeah. For you. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's a hard one to look at though. Oh, so <laughs> That's hard. some of my stuff. Is, that, that piece is not comfortable for most people. It's like, Hey, something's not in alignment and you know it's coming but this terrifies me and I don't want to release and no this can't be true (laughs) exactly yeah and I think um and maybe this has been true for you and if so I'd love to hear but like I think especially when we've made like a bunch of huge huge changes and then we've kind of arrived in this next sort of chapter of new life and it's like oh okay, like this is where all that work has gone into. And now I've found sort of like where I'm meant to be. And, um, you know, I'm with people that resonate with me deeper than ever. And, you know, this is, this is where I'm like good to hang out for a while. Right. And then it like comes around where it's like, Mm -hmm. actually, this was an interim. This was a catalyst. This was something to move and shake the energy higher. And now it's time to go again. (laughs) Does it have to be that way though? (laughs) Oh, man, I remember crying and throwing an existential temper tantrum around everything you just described so beautifully and being like, why can't I just have a normal life? Why can't I? Yeah. <laughs> and they just started laughing. And they were like, uh, because you're not here for that. And I was like, why? <laughs> yeah. So pissed. So pissed. <laughs> but yeah. also such a deep relief in knowing that there's like, you know, the human and then there's like the soul and it's like okay my soul is relieved to hear that because it knows that to be true however the human parts are like why does it have to be so painful yeah exactly it's like the universe dangles the carrot for you and then you reach for it and you have it and then it's like oh nope just kidding this was an illusion yeah but it made you step forward so that's it it did what it needed to (laughs) Oh, it served its role. Did it ever. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So to back up a little bit, first of all, welcome to the show. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. 
Oh, I'm so glad that you are. Um, so what I thought we would do is um, kind of go into the the then, the past you, the woman that walked the road that led you to where you are now, um, so that you can kind of share then what you're doing now um, and how you're showing up in the world and the work that you're putting out. Um, and then any like things or um potentials that you are moving into towards the into the future um you can share those if you're comfortable doing that um but otherwise we'll just kind of cover past present for the most part and then we'll weave the stories um all together and that's that's gonna create our flow how does that sound that sounds dynamic and lovely and fruitful i'm here for it okay Awesome. Yeah, because I feel like um, a lot of times when we um, when we like see somebody's work or portfolio of work on their website or on social media, it's really easy to understand where they've arrived now. And it's a little bit more nuanced to understand exactly how they got there. And I think that there's so much rich material in there that especially for people who are listening and witnessing this episode can really like identify with it's like um you know yes this this death rebirth new life process has happened many many times and now she's where she is or they're where they are and it's Mm -hmm. going to change again you know and so I think that, that it's so connective for people to get that backstory and get um be able to relate to it with their own experience as well. Hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> Knock me off all pedestals <laughs> of like, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, she made it there and I'm never, it's like, no, no, trust me. <laughs> you are right where you need to be in the process. And yeah. so many, so many initiations to get here and so many more to come. Gosh, I, I don't even think I'm, touching the tip of the iceberg of what, what my human experience will be like in totality in this go. So. Mm, I love that you're saying that. I think that's, that's really affirmational to hear. um, And it's really, it's hitting for me. So I appreciate that you just said that. Um, So with that said, I would love for you to just like kick off your story as far back as you feel called to do so. I mean, you can, talk about how you grew up. You can talk about your first sort of nudges into your great awakening. You can talk about whatever is resonating inside of you that you'd like to bring out and share. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I love that. Where does it feel good for you to start? I've been doing so much work around origin and even birth story in the last year or so. Um, so I'll start there. I'm an identical twin. I came in with a womb mate, um, mm. which provides a very different human experience for me that that I'm not sure many, except for those who have identical twins, can relate to. So um, that's been an interesting element in my journey. And I've done a lot of work around how being in twinship has has mm, has shaped has shaped me has shaped my life has shaped every every ounce of of this current life so um i was born first by 15 minutes into 
um, a family system with my mother and father, and they're still together today. Um, and I have three other siblings. And I was the typical firstborn. I really took on that role of, of being the perfectionist, of being the caretaker, of making sure that everyone else in the family system was okay, um, and and really not wanting to rock the boat. Because with a family of six, there's a lot of energy in that family system. There's a lot of a lot of variables, a lot of personalities, a lot of things. Um, and so for me, as the oldest, I really, as a highly sensitive being, um, really tried to manage the family family system and to keep conflict at bay. And these survival strategies really operated strongly um, in my life, um, gosh, until last year, until one of the largest ruptures I've experienced when, when I was invited to look at how some of the early childhood uh, experiences and the adaptive survival strategies that I learned in those earlier foundational moments, especially in their relationship to my nervous system, um, I had to look at how I was still playing or still enmeshed in those early family system dynamics and how that was preventing me from individuating into woman, into somebody who could stand on their own two feet, who didn't manage the emotions, the responsibilities, the well-being of everybody else around me. So uh, I'd say for a majority of my life, Christy, I've I've been ex- externally focused and externally mm-hmm. sourcing safety, security, validation, and worth through these roles of perfectionist, of high achiever, of being the good girl, being the cool girl, of being the one that didn't rock the boat and was just chill and stayed mm-hmm. in all lines. Um, my first rub against... <laughs> That box that was created um, was when I was 24 years old. Well, actually, probably 23. Uh, I got married at 22. And immediately after getting married and that commitment, there was something deep within me that was like, whoa, you are not, something's not right. Like, this is not an alignment. Or it just, it felt like a whole part of my being shut down in that decision. Mm-hmm. And I know that really odd experience to name because it should be like the happiest, but it almost felt like it was waking me up to, to very deep unconscious patterns and ways that were likely, um, embedded (laughs) through my matrilineal line for, for hundreds and thousands of years. But something in me was like, we're not in the right place. And I struggled (laughs) with that internal tension for about a year. And I didn't want to name it because I was like, well, you can't get divorced. Divorce is not an option for you. Like you're the perfect one. You're the perfect wife. You're the perfect daughter. You're the one that keeps the family system intact. So if you blow this up and if you shake this system, I don't even know. (laughs) Not only do I not know if I'm going to be able to survive this, but who am I if I'm not this perfect, um, 
woman who doesn't rock the boat, right? Who actually honors her truth and honors her voice. And uh, by way of soul, <laughs> um, I I went down a path that eventually just completely um, ruptured and blew up that marriage and terrified me, actually, because I was like, whoa, I really don't know who this person is because all of the parts that were repressed since I was little were coming up and they were like, we're not going back to sleep. <laughs> and yeah. that moment, I remember looking in the mirror and being like, how did you get here? And how the heck do we never make it back here again? Because it was so painful. And that's what really kicked off my my journey into the deeper layers of my being, into understanding psychology and how the unconscious works and how shadow operates in our system and how how we're conditioned and how we learn to preserve ourselves by staying in these roles and strategies that that don't necessarily serve us later on. They become maladaptive. And my strategies were becoming maladaptive and disconnecting me from self, from my body. I was experiencing incredible um, pain in my body. Um, I had IBS. I had SIBO. I mean, my whole, my whole system was shutting down. And it was like, okay, <laughs> it's time. So, yeah, the divorce catalyzed a lot of my own individuation out of those roles and patterns. And then I started talking about that journey. And in that process, um, was able to travel and sit with some really beautiful healers and teachers and elders that have um, continued to inform my path today and really learn outside of the cultural and societal boxes in which I was raised in because I was pretty rigid. And then with that rupture, it was like, oh, there's this whole other world out here, this whole other world of spirituality, this whole other world of culture, of how people relate to one another. And that was really fascinating to me. Um, so... Yeah, that's, I don't know how, I don't know if that's a good enough foundation to build off of, Christy, but it's been a ride. It's yes. been a ride. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's an incredible foundation and it's, I'm listening to you talk about it and I'm, it's like you're mirroring me again, Kylie, which is like this really crazy synchronous thing because I also got married at 22 and stood like in my wedding dress on that day being like, why am mm -hmm. I doing this? Yeah. This doesn't, this isn't me. Like this doesn't suit. This isn't love. Yeah. Like there's something really not okay about this. And yeah, hundred percent hear you on being the one that holds the family together because I'm, I'm actually an only child, but because my parents' relationship wasn't, wasn't one that was very harmonious, I was the go-between. I was the keeper of the peace. I was the, the great intervener mm -hmm. for them, right? So like 100% understand or 
relate to what you're saying about like, I can't back away from this. I can't back out of this because this is what's expected of me. And this is what's going to keep everything going. This is what everybody wants from me. And yeah, yeah. it was so, I mean, it was, it rocked everything. I mean, it literally rocked everything, not just my world that rocked my family system. It rocked, it rocked I mean, the way everything functioned and it didn't go back together for a long time. Like I would say only in the last year or so has, has the family system integrated that rupture together. And I think a lot, a lot of that, um, is a result of, of me no longer sitting in the shame and the guilt around needing to follow my path and truth, but also, um, mm, standing more deeply in in my own innate goodness and in my own joy and my own power and my own um inner i you know i say fierceness but it was like i could no longer tolerate um i could no longer tolerate uh behavior that was not not serving me <laughs> or the family system. Like it was like triangulation. Sorry, not here for it. Like this is how we handle things. And I remember just being like, I'm done. I cannot, we cannot relate in this way anymore. And luckily, um, as soon as I was able to access that deeper layer of, of anger, which I had been so disconnected from since early childhood, because I split off from anger, gosh, before I could probably say a word. And, and my nervous system was always in this freeze response. It was either flee or freeze. There was no fight. There was no, there was, yeah, there was, there was nothing other than freeze and flee. So, um, a lot of my (laughs) trap survival energy got activated last year in my rupture with, within, with, with my previous partner, but now partner, and that's a whole different story. Um, but it triggered something so deep within me. Like the anger of like no longer taking responsibility for for the pain, for the suffering, for for anything I caused like in that rupture. Or you know what? It's not even anything that I caused. It's anything that rocked the boat that made people face what they didn't want to face. I was no longer taking responsibility for the discomfort that, that my rupture and my capacity to face what I didn't want to face was now causing them. And so it was like, okay, now that I'm no longer going to be the emotional punching bag here or no longer going to be the source of why you're in pain and stay in that seat of, um, I'm the bad one, you know, I'm the black sheep. I'm this. Um, it was like, no, not anymore. Like, this is your work. This isn't mine. So it's time for you to look in the mirror. And luckily, Mm -hmm. um, in setting really clean and clear boundaries, and I have such deep respect for every single person in my family, um, I was met, you know, and I know that's not the case for a lot of people where their family system is like, you know, potentially not, not up for the growth, not up for, (laughs) um, the work that needs to be done in order to step into a more mature way of relating. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm going to say that for myself, my, 
my family would probably fall into the description that you just described, just really not up for the growth and not able, you know, it's not even, it's not even that they're not willing. I just, at this moment in time or the last five years of this journey, like they just haven't been Mm, able mm -hmm. in doing the best that they can and know how to, to be able to meet the boundaries that I set or understand them without taking them personally. Um, and so it's like, it's, it's, it is 100% my responsibility to be firm and loving and remind myself that they're doing the best that they can. And it's, it is not on me to take their response mm. personally. And that has been extremely liberating. Yeah. That's a really beautiful place to get to. And I acknowledge you for that to be like, okay, I'm still going to stand in in my truth and not sacrifice self for system, but but do that in a, a kind, loving way with with respect for where where they are at in their journey. Exactly, exactly. So, okay, so you had this humongous breakdown of relationship with that, which then like flooded all these other <laughs> sort of rewritings yep. <laughs> of relationship patterns. And so, how did that kind of sweep you or take you into the current of moving towards? Um, all that you're, that you've been co-creating for Zura Health and for your own platform and all of that, like what is the birth story behind those things? Yeah. So the birth story around, wow, there's a lot of birth stories here. Um, I'm like, oh gosh, (laughs) where, where, uh, after my divorce, I started writing. And I couldn't stop writing, Christy. Like it was like journal after journal. And I spent a year reading because when I say I wanted to figure out how the planet worked, how my mind worked, how everything worked, like I wanted to, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but I wanted to create like a universal theory of consciousness. Like that's how deep in it I was. And I think when I look back and reflect on why I was doing that, it was because I wanted my family to understand what happened. I wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was doing it also personally to understand, but there was a part of me that was like, see, look, like this is actually why. And there's more here, you know? And, and, and that's great. You know, it it was a catalyst and it served me really well in, in that process of, of discovery and excavation. Um, but I was sitting outside in my backyard and one day it was like, you need to write a book. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, that's what I heard. And I was like, no way. I'm not a writer. I've got nothing to say. Like, I don't even know. Like, people won't, mm. people don't care about my story. People don't care about anything. <laughs> like, you know, what What do I have to say? Um, and that's mm. kind of been a really big narrative that I've had to f- kind of bump up against throughout my whole journey, actually, um, of of my voice being valid, of my story being um, right-sized and and valid and worthy of being heard. So the moving into the writing piece and with being as beautiful started right after the divorce, but I didn't share much of my words. It was just like inspirational quotes and and my 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 spiritual journey of reconnecting to to that that side of me so to soul um and as far as zura health 
and being as beautiful, you know, I think they come from the same vein of wanting to give people the tools, resources, and understanding that liberates them from calcified ego structures, identities, and roles that, that, that are no longer in service to their soul's expression by giving them <sighs> through my journey um, and also the journey of my clients, some understanding that it's not our fault. You know, I think in our culture, there's so much shame and blame that and punishment that keeps us stuck in these boxes of I'm broken or I need, you know, there's something wrong with me. And it's like, no, you're swimming in a broken system. <laughs> you know, we're swimming in, yeah. in so much poison and so much trauma that, that we can't even see that we've been swimming in it. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, and I love the example that I forgot who this is sourced by and I gotta, I gotta really figure this out, but the lake and the fish example, have you heard this one where, no. so like there's, so imagine a lake and there's a bunch of beautiful fish and then uh, you can imagine um, like there's three to five dead fish floating on top and it's like, okay, like what's wrong with the fish? You know, we're fish fix, fish fixing at that point because there's only a few out of the population that are sick. But what we're swimming in is, is thousands and millions of fish floating to the top. And we're still focused on fish fixing when really we should be looking at the water they're swimming in. Like there's something not right about, about the way yeah. um, society, culture, systems are, are, are moving at this point in time. And... You know, I think that my rupture last year is what really opened my eyes to that because for so long it was like really I was I was stuck in this personal development world where I couldn't see outside of 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 one or of of the single container of somebody has themselves and what last year really catalyzed and opened for me was like oh there's a, there's a lake we've been swimming in. It's time to look at the lake because we're not going to solve the problem and have sustainable change if we don't actually look at what's causing all of this in, in the fish or in, in, in these, in ourselves, right? Like no more band-aids, yeah. no more fish fixing. It's time to look at the bigger picture here. And we do that with both and my micro and macro by embodying the shifts we need in order to build systems and culture that that is more nourishing to the human experience. Um, gosh, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but there's so much here. You know? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Absolutely. So. <laughs> So the Zura Health birth story, I was actually in a float tank. <laughs> I'm like, that. oh yeah, Zura Health. <laughs> um, I was in a float tank. Okay, so this is like a, even a backstory, and I haven't really shared this with anybody because it's so random. I was in my awakening. I was deeply called to the Pantheon in in Italy. And for some reason, that building was like speaking to me. And I was like, why am I being, why is it so magnetic? Why am I being magnetized to this place? It made no sense. Um, but then once I got there, I understood that the Pantheon used to be the home 
of like pantheism like multiple gods and 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 worship but then when monotheism took over the those gods fled through that ocular or oculus and Mm -hmm. and that that kind of feels representative of hmm of like the reclamation that i'm here i think to bring in, in terms of reclaiming the feminine principle of moving from like monoculture to <laughs> not monoculture, like to, um, to diversity in every area yeah. of our lives. And anyways, on that trip, I ended up at the Vatican in Rome and I had never been to the Vatican before. And I feel very privileged and blessed that I've been able to travel to many places on this planet. Um, but when I walked in and through the Vatican, there was this large pine cone in the garden of some place of the Vatican. And I remember saying, like, I'm coming back for this. And like at the time, Chrissy, it did not make any sense to me. I was like, what is that? Like, why am I so hmm, triggered by this? And what the pine cone represented for me, and it's actually Zara Health's logo, is awareness and the pineal gland. And and for those that aren't familiar with the pineal gland, it's like uh, the seat of our awareness and our spiritual capacity and the way we view reality, really, and like our our access to um, consciousness, to higher levels, or not even higher, because I think that I don't like to create hierarchy in anything, but like just having access to different levels of consciousness and. Zura Health, back to the float tank. Um, I was in a float tank and I got a, a very clear download of of the layers of the human experience. And it was just like very clear of like, you got to look at all of these layers and you got to support people in liberating um, themselves from these levels of consciousness that keep them stuck in, in suffering and in trauma and and victim in, um, yeah, in, in shame and in, in guilt and, and all those things. So I looked at the, I looked at the vision and I was like, okay, um, I got to do something with this. You know, I got to burst something. And I was pretty angry after my divorce. Um, I was really angry actually. I don't know about you or anybody listening, but I was like, everybody deserves access to this information. How come I wasn't taught this in school? Like, it was like, I was so mad because I was like, I felt like I was walking around blind for 24 years of my life. And then finally it was like, oh, hey, here's actually how all of your internal world operates. And you should probably know how they operate because that's what's making every decision of your life. Um, So yeah. I was like, God... And luckily for me, I have a like a twin sister. Her name is Jess, and Jess has definitely walked this path with me for the last, well, for thirty one years, and she's been on board for for every step of the individuation and the remembrance. So we started Zara Health together, um, and with the mission to completely we we were we were bold, but like to completely overhaul the Western medical model and create a more and integral and holistic model, um, which clearly, you know, we're, we're slowly making our way there, but, (laughs) uh, you know, that, that vision was like coming off the fierceness of, of the divorce and the rupture. And now I'm like, no, 
we're good. Like everyone's kind of awakening to the deeper layers of of truth around what healing means. And not that Western medicine doesn't play a major role. I actually was pre-med in college. My father's a surgeon. My grandfather's a doctor. My great-grandfather was a pharmacist. Like medicine runs in my lineage <laughs> and healing runs in my lineage. So yeah. it's like, how can we have both and? It's like, take what we want from that, but don't actually leave out the rest of the natural world and other modalities that support people in healing their mental, emotional, spiritual, environmental, and relational challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. And I love how, um, mm -hmm. I love how the symbol or the symbols, the series of symbols and the draw to a certain place just like brought you home, be home before you. It's wild. That you were home. It's wild. I look back on it and I'm like, I'm living yes. in the Da Vinci code <laughs> of my own, of some type of spiritual creation. Like it's, I really do see a lot of my life like that. And I'm here, I think to to un to decode symbols and to 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 engage with the unseen and and seen in ways that are not as linear as reading a textbook which don't get me wrong I read a lot of those too. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. I love um I love well the whole mission is like so mm. needed. Right. Um, but just the, the whole birthing story and the fact that it, that it took place in like this womb-like container that is a float tank is just... A oh, I didn't even think about symbol. that until you just said that. That makes so much sense. No wonder I love the float tank. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> it was incubating. incubating in there. And like Holy moly. <laughs> wow. That just gave a whole new element to that experience for me. Thank you. Mm. You are welcome. I love it. So that, so and, and I, what I also really appreciate is the fact that you came out of your divorce catalyzed and waking up and getting angry and like allowing that anger to fuel some beautiful, prolific creativity. I um, did not come out of my divorce that way. I came out just fully mm. crushed and lost. Um, and so my process took took quite a bit longer to sort of unfold, um, to become like productive and to become me connecting back to real me or like my, yeah. myself with capital S. So it's so beautiful to know that, um, that, that is a, it is a possibility to come out of that devastation and rediscover mm -hmm. something like passion that can then just like project you into the next. Yeah. Where I really, I really have to give some credit to to soul and the unseen for this because that, I think that's the only reason I was able to to find different ground and to find something of deep strength that pulled me through is at the type of at the height of my psychic entropy, like really where I thought my whole mind was going to just completely blow up, and it actually I feel like it did. Um, I heard. Uh, these seven words and those seven words were you created all of this because you were because you were afraid and I maybe mm. made that a little bit longer but and it like woke me up so quick where I was like oh and then I saw in my mind's eye the whole timeline of my life and 
and really just walk through it like a movie. Like it was the first time in my life where I actually was able to see from the observer perspective. And I just had, I was so angry at the girl in the movie for a while because I was like, how did you not see this? But then over time, you know, as I've matured and healed, it's so much compassion for those parts that, that couldn't, that didn't have access, that couldn't see. And, and now that's how I live my life of like, yeah, I have blind spots. You know, and I probably, you know, in this process of delayering and uncovering, I will will always look back and be like, wow, how come she didn't see? Or how? why did she turn right there when she should have turned? You know, it's like, because that's her path. And I love David White. Yeah. He has this, I love just David White. I'm not sure if you're familiar with David White and his poetry, but he had this talk on self-compassion and he says something to the to the degree of the soul doesn't care if it's right or wrong, good or bad. It only cares that you're walking your own path because when you're walking your own path, the lessons that your soul is here to learn will be realized. But if you're not, then you're kind of just repeating and it's not actually catalyzing you in any direction. And I feel blessed in that. I feel like my soul um, has chosen to walk down certain paths and some of them have hurt deeply, but they've all been deeply liberating as well. Like, and I so deeply trust that no matter what happens for me on the other side, there's a reason, there's a purpose and, and, um, more liberation to be had. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's so empowering too, isn't it? It just like keeps you, um, it's like, hands mm. holding up the back body almost right like it's like that force that's like cool well I can I can stumble here I can like fall back and need a rest or fall down but like ultimately mm. I'm completely held yeah. up I'd say that that was the case for my first major rupture but then last year while I did have support like from from other, you know, unseen um, in my deep connection to soul and to spirit. But, but what really allowed me to go deeper into the nervous system and the physical body and, and anchor more deeply onto this planet was sisterhood. Like I'm surrounded by women who can hold me, who can witness me, who can contain me as I walk through this next layer of dissolution, of dismantling. Like my whole life burned down last year. I completely released their health. I completely released, you know, Instagram to some degree. I was just like, I could, like, it all has to go. Um, I released um, my partnership. I released it all. And it it was deeply painful, as you can imagine, but also deeply liberating in that I no, I was being invited to no longer source any safety, security, and validation from the external world and to deeply trust myself and source that internally. And, and also, you know, through God, through, through soul, through spirit, through the sacred and whatever way you want to describe that and heal any fracturing that had previously happened on my path that was keeping me externally focused and not in deeper alignment with the path I'm here to walk and the systems I'm here to dismantle, which is, which is all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you, um, when you talk about like the rupture that happened last year, yeah. can you, if this is okay for you, can you kind of lead me up to how that happens? Like, or did it kind of just 
oh. comes somewhat out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's never. I wish it was out of nowhere, nowhere sometimes. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I was. Oh gosh, probably like two years out of divorce. I got, I, I got into a partnership with Mark and. Oh man, what a beautiful soul. And and it was about 6 months into that partnership that that I had a dream. <laughs> and dreams, gosh, I don't know about you, but dreams are very very important for me on my path of of communication with soul. And basically I woke up out of a nightmare and it was a burning house and all I heard was it's time to go. And I was just like part of me was like, absolutely not. Like I was in so much resistance to this dream. I was like, how dare you? I finally found a good man and I love him and no, I'm not going. Right. Like I was, I was just like, how, like, no, <laughs> like this young part of me was like, nope, yes. not doing it. So I, um, yeah, took a interesting reframe on that dream and basically made the dream, um, into i think i i think it was um i turned it into shadow or i turned it into uh fear even though it wasn't do you know what i mean um so i was like oh that's just fear coming up because because i'm afraid to get close again because of my divorce you know all the stories and narratives that come after divorce and some of them are very real and valid um so i did <laughs> i did that and and push that dream way, way back in, in underground. And not to say that I didn't bring it forward in relationship. I did. I shared it. I was like, it really rocked me. Um, but during our relationship, and I, I do think that that was the right call at that time for me because my, my internal foundation was not stable enough to, to individuate out of partnership. And there's a lot of layers to this, Christy, but um, I come from a family system and and through my matrilineal line specifically where women have never stood on their own two feet financially. And, um, while that mm -hmm. is, while that is a privilege, um, it that. is also, uh, not a privilege in some ways. And I know that is a complex conversation. Um, but I didn't believe that I could stand on my own two feet. I had never seen it modeled. Um, and I was deeply terrified of individuating out of that pattern in my family system specifically. Um, and I think, you know, um, when I really explore that deeply and I have been exploring that deeper is I was afraid to take up space. I was afraid to actually step into my mission and individuate. And I think maybe historically, I, mean, I haven't really gotten to the root of this, but I think that some of the narratives that were, were strong were it's not safe to be in your power. It's not safe to, um, take up space. It's not safe to um, leave these patterns because what will happen if you do is you'll be exiled, you'll be, um, you'll die. Like just really extreme stuff. Where I was like, okay, um, not consciously knowing that at the time, but I stayed because I think internally I didn't trust that I couldn't not, you know. And that he was a good man, and he is a good man. Um, Anyways, our three, three and a half year partnership built a really strong foundation underneath because that whole relationship was deep, deep work. Um, and we signed up to do a lot of 
excavating and a lot of healing together in that f- original container. Um, but eventually, um, I started sliding into, into really, really old strategies. And the more I didn't listen to the dream and the more I didn't listen to myself, the smaller, more fragile I became. And with that, um, I got to a point where my life force was running basically at zero. Like it was like 5% and I was really sick and I couldn't even get out of bed. I had this massive pain in my right side and I started having the dream again. The burning house dream came back and I remember talking to Mark about it at that time because we we, we had such deep love for each other and it, and I really feel that we had each of us had one foot in our like trauma adolescent like <laughs> generational lines and one foot into um what could be called liberated love where like we broke through all of the systems mm-hmm. all of the ways that were were no longer serving us and and allowing us to go deeper but we couldn't do that without the rupture and basically it got to a point where i remember mark looking at me and saying like i don't want you to stay if you have to if you have to be broken to stay here and as soon as i heard that yeah. i was just like i felt so much relief but i also was just so sad and i was like Oh my gosh, yeah. you're right. I've had to, I mean, I've had to just make myself smaller and more broken in order to, to stay because I wasn't trusting my bigness. I wasn't trusting my individuation. I wasn't trusting my soul. So it was just like every single time I didn't do that, I, I disconnected more deeper, deeper, deeply from, from who I am. So in him saying that, it really opened a doorway. Um, not to mention the fact that I was having the dream, the burning house dream again and again. (laughs) And then I couldn't get out of bed and I was going to basically die if I didn't do something Um, that I was like, I have to go. Like, I don't want to, but I have to. um, And I trust this path. And so day by day, I just, what is my truth today? And it was like, your truth is you have to go. And just for, you know, (laughs) Just continued to walk that path and it cracked me. Wow. I don't know about you, but after divorce, I thought I was cracked open. Let me tell you. Whoa. Last year's rupture cracked me in a way that, I mean, I can't even describe it, but I feel so open to everything that, like, I'm so grateful for the pain and the grief that that invited in, but it it opened me up in a way where I was like, I'm ready to stand in solidarity with every life form, with Mother Earth, with with every element. Like, it was like, it's time. Like, you are a part of this. And I was disconnected from that for a long time. So that cracking is what what supported me in, in remembering. So um, near... <laughs> <laughs> Near-death experience is what catalyzed that rupture, basically. Long story short. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's that's incredibly um, powerful. Just, again, like, yeah. you do a lot of somatic work. And so, like, the fact that, like, the body was speaking so clearly 
and the mind just decided to override the message, right? That's so, my God, we do that to ourselves so often, even if it's just like about like, do I want to eat that cookie or not? You know what I'm saying? But it's like, they snow, these little tiny decisions snowball into, we stay 30 years with somebody who Mm -hmm. can never meet us where we are, or we could both be so much more if we stepped out of this partnership, you know, things like that. And it's just, yeah, that's such a raw Share. You're Thank welcome. you so much for sharing And, you know, that, so much Kylie. compassion for the parts of us that only know how to source safety in that way. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're that completely resonates with me because I'm I'm right there with you with the whole like I there are no women in my family that were ever like even matched um mm. like made like a matching financial contribution to their partners right like it was always yep. they were sort of more in like the subservient role you know and so for for me it's like not only am I single right now um I'm also doing this business or co-creating this collective yeah. that's like there's no roadmap <laughs> here so it's like totally. she's double crazy you know <laughs> um and I think that money is, oh, is kind of man. like a whole nother bag you ever want to i think mother and money (laughs) i mean i think there's a lot of ties here (laughs) oh i mean if you want to go there yeah i mean uh, i think gosh this is such a layered conversation christy in terms of capitalism and and the world we live in and and kind of Uh, how we've continued to extract um and degrade mother earth as a as an as her beautiful self. But, um, for me, actually money is what catalyzed me into doing work around mother and mother wound and, and what I now call patriarchy wound. Cause I think moms get a lot of, a lot of shame and blame for this specifically in the war usually doesn't end between mother and daughter. And it's like, Hey, this is where they want you, <laughs> you know, like, not they, but like, this is how the system mm. continues to um, disconnect us from from healthy mother, from mother earth, from from nurturing, is we deal with the pain of being oppressed in a patriarchal society for for hundreds and thousands of years. Um, by we deal with that well in a myriad of different coping strategies and mechanisms. But um, for me specifically in my family system. Um, my mom also did to take on the subservient role and kind of just supported my dad in his dreams. And I think a lot of women have done that under, under patriarchy for a long time and, and have been deeply afraid of individuating out of these patterns of survival. Um, so it was last year or two years ago where I could not make over $40,000 to save my life. Like it was like, (laughs) I just couldn't like, for some reason there was like this bar and I couldn't like go over it. Like, and I was like, why can I not make more money? Like, why am I blocked? And I did some work around that. And it was basically looking at, um, the messages around money, but also what had been modeled in my family system. And that's when, I was like, oh, money for me was was allowing me to liberate out of out of my lineage, out of the way that the women have operated out of my lineage. And that deeply triggered mm-hmm. 
my family system, but more specifically my mom, because it made her face like all of the unconscious rage and grief that hadn't been processed from being born into a patriarchal society and not actually having the tools or the modeling to liberate herself. And and listen, my mom's on her own path and, and it's a beautiful path and we've done so much healing work together and I don't blame her for any of the choices she's made because I think that's actually in right alignment with her path and she's given me such a beautiful foundation to, to now do this deeper work to liberate from these patterns of, of codependency. So, um, yeah, money. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's like a really interesting thing when we like take the time to look at how money was modeled for us or like what it represented in our family systems because for me like control and money Mm -hmm. were tied inextricably when I was growing up and even like well into my early 20s you know was that sort of pattern you know that I want it. I'm going to say manipulation if that sounds a little harsh. I don't know, but I think it it does have some truth. Yeah. You know, that pattern of of manipulation definitely was part of the codependent relationship that I had with my first family. Um, And so it, it's like incredible how, and how many arenas or facets or layers of life, the stories and habits that we build around money really do block us. And here we see it for you, like, and certainly for me as well, like surfacing in partnership. And it's like, I'm afraid to leave this because where's my safety net? It's it's such an interesting path here to liberated love and partnership. One, because I haven't seen it modeled that, that much, but um, of like being able to be financially independent so that there is no power dynamic or external sourcing um, happening. Now, of course, that seems pretty extreme and like this is the path, but it's like if at least you can be conscious of the power dynamic or or the trade-off or the or the external sourcing, then that's okay. You know, that's okay with wherever people are at in their path, you know? Um, but for me, it was imperative that I individuate financially out of all systems (laughs) so that I knew that no matter what happened around me, that I would be unconditionally okay and supportive in that way. But I really think a deeper layer to this, at least right now in my work, is reconnecting to Mother Earth and being reliant, community reliant, and and in right relationship with her. Because I actually think that's where even deeper liberation and freedom exist, is remembering that um, it's all right here. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. I mean, once you, or once we, I guess, um, make that connection back to, back to, first of all, back to source, but then also to the tangible, the, the mother earth that provides for all of our needs, like the great mother, that scarcity narrative diminishes significantly. I mean, that's what I've witnessed deeply and, and to be true in my path. And I don't know about you, but like I have been rearing up against capitalism in the last six months or so. I'm just like, how do we get out of this? It's like, like, I'm like, I can't get out of this web. And I've had a lot of conversations and it's deeply triggering to a lot of people to talk about 
the potentiality of dismantling capitalism and creating a system and way of operating. But I'm like, yeah. it can't move forward in the same way. Like, this is, it, this is, I mean, it's enslaving us all. Yes, absolutely. And I think we're seeing that so um, exponentially right now with everything else that's going on in the world. And I, I mean, for me, mm -hmm. like, I just say, like, I think it's time, right? Like everybody is gets, yes, definitely triggered and really concerned about the state of the world. And yeah, like it is concerning, but let's be concerned in a non-fearful way. Let's be a, let's be concerned in a, how can we do this differently so that we don't have to right. keep repeating the same thing over right. and over again. And that's where that internal work is so important of yeah. dismantling the identities that, and cultural attachments to these systems. It is not easy to do, you know, because who are we without right the roles we play in these systems. And that's a, you know what I mean? It's like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, you are a being yeah. with a soul. <laughs> um, but that's a, that's a confronting question. Yeah. For you know. It is a confronting question yeah. and it's, it, it, will, it will shake you, right? It will shake you down to your very core and hopefully it'll shake loose some of yeah. the layers of dust and dirt around your voice. Because we all have this voice, this unique vessel that through it comes soul, soul work, soul destiny, um, soul purpose, all the things that we're actually here individuated. I love that you're using that word, individuated mm -hmm. here in yeah. matter incarnate to do. And um, like, I want to go back to something that you said a little while ago about um, worthiness and being in a state of, well, nobody wants to hear me anyways. I think that that's such a pervasive narrative. And actually when you were talking about it, I was getting tears in my eyes because like that resonates so deeply. And I think a lot of my work this year has been around like, you know, coming home to truth, the fact mm -hmm. that like, no, I am to be heard and I am wanted and I do belong and I yeah. do have something really important to say. And how can I embody that truth and make it so? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that, but so many of us just sit in that and a lot of us do it subconsciously where it's just like, because we've been silent so often, it's not even like anything mm. new to yeah. feel silenced by our own selves or by our egos, you know? And so, um, and it's just like also such a beautiful thing that coming from you to share that, because I mean, when we look at your social media, you've got a humongous, tremendous following and a ton of engagement, right? And it's like, Obviously, you're mm. being so heard and received. And if if we look for external validation from that, though, it's always yeah. like never, you know, it can never be enough. Right. So like, which was your whole mm -hmm. story about like not yeah. sourcing anything from anything outside <laughs> of you. Yeah. So it's just so Thank beautiful you. How Thank that you for, for sharing the, the full circle on that. It's. um. You know, it's still one that, like, full transparency, it, it's still one that shows up 
you know, in, in different ways on different edges, you know, it's like you, you liberate yourself from the pattern in one way. Maybe that'd be Instagram and you give yourself permission to have a voice. The next layer of that is like the podcast. Oh my gosh. You know, like even the work you're doing here is like big, you know, and, and claiming space and saying my voice matters and what I have to say is important. And then it's like, wait, the book deal, you know, <laughs> am I, is my story worthy of being written down in a book and, and published? It's like, you know, so there's like layers here of, or am I getting paid to speak on stage? Does this matter? You know, it's like, and I find it fascinating that there's a deep correlation between money and that of like, when there's receiving, then, mm. then that's where the question of, of validity and value um, has really reared its head in my life because I think that my wisdom, and, and I'd probably say yours too after receiving some of your emails, is not necessarily um, from the same vein of of the made of the, of status quo of of what it what is valuable or what has been valued in our culture. I think it's more the the feminine principles of intuition, instincts, dreams, like of storytelling. Like where did that art go? Um, of of embodiment, like stuff that isn't necessarily. Um, or hasn't necessarily been valued or celebrated in our culture in a long time. So lots of layers there, sister, lots of layers. <laughs> yeah. So many layers. So when you, for you, like when you get offered like monetary compensation or like a tangible for your work does that what does that yeah it like, sets kind of off set like off you? oh gosh <laughs> um you know what it pushes me into it pushes me into uh, more of my linear logical mind of like creating frameworks and science backed and and making sure that i give people a lot of information you know that came from a book or came from um, more of a linear or logical approach. And I've really had to sit with this and I'm being so deeply tested on this right now. Oh my gosh. In so many ways, especially in my new container remembrance is, is I'm being almost initiated into giving myself permission to open my own channel and flow from, from soul and not teach in a way that I was taught to teach from more of the linear logical framework perspective. And don't get me wrong. That's, that's important. It's an important step of the path and the journey, especially for me. But now that that's all been integrated, I feel like there's a, there's an opening or an opportunity to move from a space of, of story, of trust, of flow, of soul, of things that, mm, Things that are in the same vibration of where I want people to go, but not necessarily um, always seen or heard. You know, does that make sense? It feels like um, somewhat. It feels Can like the medicine me is in is in the container or the frequency or the vibration in which in which it's coming from. So it's not so much about all of the words and the spoken and the this. It's more so about hmm being in my right energy, being so deeply connected to self and to soul and to mm -hmm. my truth that 
I just open and allow. And I don't get all up in my head about it and I don't disconnect from my body yeah. and I don't like jump into it needs to look this way and that way or I'm not going to be smart or I'm going to be stupid or I'm not going to be, you know, valued. So it's a process right now. <laughs> you know, I've even noticed sometimes in this podcast, yeah. I'm like, am I even making yeah. sense? Like, you know, it's like, it's interesting how those narratives come up because, because I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to flow, you know, but it's like my hmm, my path is one of permission right now to just flow in whichever way my my stories want to be told you know oh yes that's so beautiful that's so beautiful and that's really what this this podcast is all about is just whatever is resonating and this goes for people who are speaking and those who are listening mm. like take that I love that. And let it bloom. Take that and let it bloom. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what's happening. And I, I'm so grateful for that. Like, I just, yeah. I'm oh, so good. grateful that we're talking good. about this too. This I'm, is really I'm hitting for me. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. You're making, you're making all the sense, by the way. Like, just to affirm Thanks, you, though. all there. So good. Um, yeah. So your new container, Remembrance, can you yeah, so share what that's all last about? Last year, Remembrance came through um, for me as as a potential, as a potential. And I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but I was like, Remembrance, it's a container for women to step back into um, relationship with body, with soul, with with sacred, with, with voice, with who they actually are and and their sacred purpose for being here on this planet. And um, I was getting to a place where this year specifically, where I was running into that financial barrier again, where I was like, oh gosh, I have to make money. Like I had been living off of some resources from from course launches last year and a few other other monetary income streams, but I was like running low. And I started to trip out a little bit. <laughs> Because I'm like, uh, how are we going to do this? Because I can't yeah. create from a place that uh, of non-alignment. Like it's it's not possible for me anymore in my body to do so. Um, so it, I can't just create for money. It doesn't work that way for me anymore. Yes. Um. So I had this idea mm -hmm. in my head that I it was going to come through the book proposal. Like I was like, I'm finishing the book proposal, and then I'm going to get the check, and then I'm just going to write. And I was not able to write. Like I was like hitting all the walls and I was talking to my mentor and she was like, so what's coming through is that the book proposal is premature. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no, but this is the way it has to be on this timeline. And it kind of hit me how I've utilized the knowing that the book is happening because it came through so clear, like right after my divorce, so like, what is it? almost eight, seven years ago now, um, that I've actually privileged that on my, like on this like very egoic timeline of when I think it has to be done, that it's actually prevented me from, from sharing offerings and stepping up in a bigger way to do my work. It's actually almost prevented, not prevented me, but it's kept me small of like, well, this, this, 
this is first and and everything else doesn't matter. But what I've realized is that all of the other steps are imperative to be able to write a very fruitful, rich, and um, nutritive book or the book that I'm here to write, which is Her Journey Home, which has to do with the reclamation of the feminine principle. But in order to live that, I not only have to start to embody that, but I, I believe I need to weave in stories from hundreds, if not thousands of women to really create a full picture of what that journey might look like. So um, with that being said, basically what, what was shared in that session was like, if you don't start doing your work, um, you'll get another knock on the door. And you know what I mean by that is like, hey, wake up, like you'll be forced into it. And so like 24 hours later, I'm like, okay, remembrance, we're ready to go. Yeah. I just pulled up like all of my notes from remembrance when it came through like last year. And I was like, okay, it's time. And basically remembrance is, is teaching women how to source safety, security, and validation internally. And through a deeper connection with Mother Earth, through soul, through sacred, through God, however you identify and name that, um, instead of staying in outdated survival strategies that keep us fractured and fragmented from, from our whole integral selves, um, yeah, to, to crawl back into the womb and to be held and witnessed and in the path that you had to walk to get here, but also feel safe enough to unravel um, into a deeper remembrance, unravel the nervous system, unravel the stories, unravel the mind, and open, open, open. Mm, that sounds so beautiful. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I'm sure that like, um, this is also going to be a container. Maybe you've experienced it. I don't know when you started, but I'm sure at some point you're going to witness women like face their own explosions or implosions <laughs> just as you did a year ago or four or so years ago. Um, and just as I did last year. And that's, I think that that's so, um, that's such a blessed thing to have that structure, that safety, that um, unconditional everything that's being created there for that, for that rupture, as you're calling it, to take place, you know, I think back to like my own ruptures and it's like, how, how would this have looked or felt if I would have had um, people standing in solidarity with me or if I would have had um, something, a soft place to land or um, a big community or tribe that could have mm -hmm. witnessed me and held me through this and that's yeah. that is coming i just mm. haven't experienced it yet well so i love yeah. that that's available in what you're doing well, well, thank you phenomenal the, one of the major reason, reasons it's it was birth i believe is because i was deeply held last year through my through my initiatory processes in ways that really blew up in my heart where I was like, oh, we need each other in order to do this deeper work. Whereas before it was like, I got it, stay in my lane, you know, connect to soul, spirit, whatever. But no, no, like this is, this requires a deep healing of the nervous system and of attachment of, of, hmm, 
of so that we so that we can fully incarnate here and re-embody uh, our truth. So I look forward to hearing yeah. how you call that in for yourself and and how those hmm, next initiations feel in your system with that type of containment. Thank you. Yes, I am tremendously excited for this next chapter that I know is starting to unfold. So thank you very much for saying that. Um, I think that another really important piece is the um, the ability to turn towards a group of people to do the work because I, myself included, so many of us walk around with the trauma mm -hmm. response mm -hmm. of I'll just do it myself, you know, and that's, that's not um, that masks itself as being strength and warrior like, but it's actually, uh, yeah. it, it is actually a survival pattern Absolutely. Or a response. And the wounded warrior mm. is behind that sentiment. Yeah, it's a vulnerable. It's vulnerable to trust people with your pain when you haven't been met in it. It's like deeply tender, yeah. vulnerable process to be like, is it safe to open here? Is it safe to be held here? And I always say to people that, that experience that is like, trust. Trust your mistrust for now. Like move at a pace that honors your nervous system and it's opening and it's unraveling. Um, because, yeah. but also lean in. <laughs> you know, there's like a, 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 a both and there of like trust it, but also mm -hmm. ask yourself, can I lean in a little bit more? What would that look like? Um, how can I be supported yeah. right now in a way that might, you know, expand um, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm feels not, not safe, but like what feels within my capacity to do so. I remember one of that's kind of probably mm -hmm. been one of the deepest wounds I've healed is like the, the sister wound of trusting women again to hold. Um, last year mm -hmm. at a retreat, I was in Tofino with, with two of my mentors and, and a group of women that were in a, I think, yeah, a nine month container together. And I remember I shared something and all of the women gathered around me and just held me. And it was like the most intimate but vulnerable experience of my life. I was like, can I release? Like, is it okay to be held? Like, and I finally did and just like cried, but it was just so powerful in the fact that I was like, I have women who are here to hold and support me. Like I'm not alone. And not only am I not alone, but they're saying hallelujah. Like keep going. We see you. We got you. And, you know, my, my wish and yeah. my work is to continue to, to build a choir of hallelujahs for everyone on their path of remembrance so that they feel supported in that continuation. Wow. That's so beautiful and amazing. And I love, I love how you just offered it like that because it's, it's like, a I can feel it. Like I can feel and hear that hallelujah coming through and I can just like imagine, oh, I'm just having like this whole body experience right now. It's so awesome. Yeah. Like think about that, you know, it's almost like a rebirth of like, you know, coming through the canal and being witness for who you truly are for your soul, for the work you are here to do for your mission on this planet. It's like, thank you. Thank you so much for showing up and being here. Like we need yeah. you. 
Okay. <laughs> I am just completely ruminating on this conversation um, and welcome back to you from it. Perhaps you find yourself also in that state of rumination and taking it all in. Um, I feel like I'm glowing from this exchange and I feel like I have been seen and heard in these stories deeply Um, and it just I feel so sparked and so joyful because of what um, not only I was able to hear between the words, in the silence, in the words, in the exchange, and in the energy, but also from my own ability to be present with a conversation like this and my own wisdom, right? Like this, this episode has sparked, and a lot of happenings in my life recently have just sparked so much gratitude and appreciation for the woman that I am and the wisdom that I embody and am here to transmit via my voice. And so sharing with Kylie was such a humongous honor. It was actually, in fact, a dream come true. I have been wanting her um, on the show since its origins and was afraid to ask. And then one day I wasn't afraid anymore. So that's that's the journey with fear and um, you know one day it's there and after we've cleared with ourselves then it, it isn't there anymore you know and that's a that's a process that takes a while and sometimes it's very short so um, yeah so lots of things here oh such a full body sensation though and um, so incredibly grateful for this human and for the work that she's doing in this world and for the love and truth that she unapologetically puts out and especially via her Instagram you can find her under the handle being is beautiful Um, I will put all of her information both for her solo work um, as well as Zura Health um, in the show notes and you know if you want to find out more about her I highly recommend If you want to find out more about me, my information is also in the show notes. I will say that I have a healing circle for breakup recovery coming up on Friday. And that is the Friday right after Thanksgiving. So if you are sitting in any kind of uh, loss, state of grief caused by romantic partnership ending, or you have risen from the grief and are ready to support others and hold the space and be so loving and compassionate with your with your um, empathy for the grief space, please join us. Um, you can find that information. The link is in the show notes. Um, I am also here to meet you and hang out and get to know you and see if we can work together because if my voice resonates with you and you recognize the wise woman within me and it's sparking the wise woman within you, then I definitely want to have the conversation and take the exchange further. So please feel free to book a free and flowing wise woman one-on-one session with me so that we can see what's aligned for us. Um, yeah, I am so excited about everything that's happening and 
If you're excited too and you're so curious, I think that there's something here for you. So please follow any of the links that resonate and catch your eye in the show notes. You're following them straight to what your soul needs. So be welcome. We are both so very glad to have you. (laughs) Wishing you so many blessings for your week. Remember it's holiday time, so take time for yourself. Stay uh, within the realm of your own truth. No need to venture out of it. Um, And stand tall in you. Sending you so much love and appreciation. Thank you for being here. Thank you for acknowledging my voice. And thank you for witnessing this beautiful exchange. I will hear you soon.